Welcome to Living in Harmony, a podcast for Christian parents who want to make the peace in their household without sacrificing their sanity. Here, we talk about everything from sibling rivalry to dating and how to raise your kids to be strong in their faith while maintaining your own. But don't worry, we're not all preachy here. That's the purpose of your church and your pastor. Here, we're here for you to help you know you are not alone in this crazy journey called parenthood. So whether you're a seasoned pro or a brand new parent, Living in Harmony, this is the podcast for you. So grab some coffee or wine, we won't judge, and join us as we navigate the ups and downs of raising kids in a Christian household where the gospel is the center. Well, hello and welcome to Living in Harmony. No matter what you're doing, where you're at, hope that you're having a good week. And if you're not, I hope that this maybe makes you smile a little bit. If anything, gives you a little reprieve from what you're doing. So today's a special day, at least I think it is personally. Um, Robert and April, they're out this week, but I have someone sitting in the studio right now who uh, I've gotten to know pretty good over the last few months. And uh, without any further introduction, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, bud? Yeah, uh, my name is Judah Keaton. I am a senior at Sumter High School. Um, I'm one of Delmar's students in the student ministries, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah there's a lot packed in that, yeah, man, because there, there's a lot about you, Judah, that I've, I've come to learn. You, you're a football player. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're a kicker. Football player, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know people give you that joke. It's kind of like drummers. They hang out with bands, right? Mm-hmm. But, 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 I mean, it is a big deal because you're going to Anderson University in the fall to... Yeah, I'll be on the football team. I was... Uh... I was lucky enough to be able to get offered a roster spot to be on the first Anderson football team ever. So I'll be looking forward to getting up there in late August and starting to starting my um, next chapter of my life in college and also starting the new chapter of my life with football. Yeah. And I honestly, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on because, you know, you've made it to the end of high school and you've done something that a lot of students haven't done. I've, I've done student ministry for a while, doing family ministry now, but it seems like sometimes there's that gap in high school where a student's just like, oh, here's an opportunity, and they just forget about church. And I'd love to see how you've kind of worked those things together. You've been able to be, you know, I'll go ahead and say it, you got really good grades in school, high GPA, and then you're on the football team, but you're also really integral to church here. I think that your the your balance in life is important. Now, here's the thing, though. People listening today, there may be some students listening. If you are, please continue listening. Um, also, a lot of the people who listen to this are parents. Yeah. Parents who may have younger students, may have children even, who are they're about to start that grind of school, work, play, church. So I think there's a lot that you can add to this conversation, but also even insight into what's going on in the school. So, uh, and I know here at Harmony, where we are, I consider you like an OG, because how many years have you been here now? Man, so I'm, a, I'm in 12th grade, like I said, and I think I started, my family moved here um, January of my 7th grade year, so what is that? It's five and a half years or five so? Five and a half years? Yeah, yeah. You, got a, you got a little brother. Yep. Well, a little big brother. He's really tall. Yeah, he's about six foot tall, probably, <laughs> but yeah, he's two years younger than yeah. me, so. And I mean, and it also goes to... To qualify to say you are uh, your pastor Dan's son, I am. Yeah. So every week, if you listen to the podcast here, uh, and we talk about you know this what we heard this week, it's it's your dad is who we're talking about every single week. So, mm-hmm. um, and and just honestly, even as a uh, 
as a fellow dad in the, the room, uh, I really love seeing how your relationship with your own dad is so healthy. Hmm. So there, there's a lot of things we can mine for here, and I think there's going to be a lot of questions I have. There's questions other parents are having because, you know, in the past on this podcast, about how do you discipline your children without them, you know, resenting you? How do you help them get involved in stuff like sports and school but not encourage them to give their life over to it? And, you know, I think it, it would be amiss to say I think your parents have – played a big role which is that is that fair to say yeah absolutely um i mean i consider my dad to be my my best friend in the entire world and my mom and i are extremely extremely close and um i truly would not be where i am today without just their support but also their uh, discernment at times mm. um i mean everyone knows that as kids little kids make decisions that aren't the greatest and because to some degree they don't really know what's what is best for them to do. And so, um, parents have to be discerning at times and, um, help point their kids in the right direction. Yeah. So your dad, best friend. Yeah. And you're moving away in the fall. <laughs> how's, how's that going to sit with you, man? It'll be, it'll be rough. Uh, I think I told you this a few days ago, Delmar, that, um, it'll be the first time in about, uh, 18 and a half years that I haven't lived in the same house as my dad. So, um, it'll definitely take some, some getting used to at first. It'll probably be a lot of text messages exchanged back and forth between us. Um, and some memes. Your dad is yeah. really good at sending memes. He is. Yes. But, um, it'll be good. Um, I'll be going into a new chapter of my life and kind of to some degree leaving my, my adolescence years behind and moving into becoming more of the man that I hope to be one day. And I think a lot of, um, the goals that I have in mind for myself and that I hope I can achieve one day are kind of modeled around, um, the role model that my dad has been for me. Yeah. So, so speaking of that a little bit, you know, one of the things that's unique about you as, as we kind of broaden it out, your uniqueness into the collective, that is the Gen Z, you know, <laughs> your, your beautiful peers mm. who, uh, who have so much character and opinions on life. Um, I, I really would love to know like how you've navigated the culture you're in. But before we, before we like talk about like how you've done it, I, I really would love just to get your blink on Gen Z culture. Um, the good, the bad, the ugly, like, like you have this unique viewpoint that not many people have in the last 10 years, our culture, our school system, everything's just flipped on its head. There's stuff you can't say anymore that 10 years ago you could just say. And and by, it's like even 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 in regards to like what does it mean to be a man or a woman? Mm. There's you've you've grown up in that. And I'll ask you this on the front end. Have you seen have you experienced the change in your lifetime of the culture in students in your school? I would guess so. I mean, to some degree maybe when I was younger, like really young, I didn't quite um I wasn't really paying attention to it and I wasn't really looking out for it because as a seven year old, why would you be so focused on what gender your classmates are? You know? If if Tommy dresses like a boy and his name is Tommy, he's obviously a boy. Right. Um and same thing for a female student, but um I think actually my first time ever in school seeing something that was maybe more of like a progressive type of thing that 
our society promotes and loves these days is in second grade, I remember that there was a student that was in the grade below me at school that I can't remember which way it was. I can't remember if it was a girl that was dressing like a boy. I think it was a boy that was dressing as a girl and was wearing like dresses and stuff to school. And I remember during that time just thinking like, huh, like that's, that's silly. Why would a, why would a boy dress as a girl? Like, you know, is he trying to play like dress up or something or, so I didn't really know what it was back then. Um, but I guess just in recent times, um, and really the past maybe three to four years, so I guess ever since I got to high school, um, it's just become more and more popular. You see kids at school sometimes wearing like the pride flag at school, the transgender flag at school, the poly- polysexual flag at school, just all these things that our society promotes these days um actually uh, this uh this year we have a new club at school called the gay straight alliance club that um i'm not a member of it but i've uh i've seen some of their uh flyers around the school and yeah it's a question i have some of the people who are members of it are they people who go to church here in town i would i would Probably not. I would. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I was, I was just curious to see where everything's going. And, you know, many people who listen to this podcast, they are Christians. So as they hear you say this, you know, this is a safe space where you don't have to, you don't have to qualify or defend truth because mm-hmm. we, we want to speak it. Um, but one of the things that I really want just to kind of dig in a little bit more is like you saw this when you were seven, right? Mm. So you were second grade. Yeah. So at six, I mean, so you've pretty much grown up in it yeah is is that fair yeah absolutely actually i was just thinking of this last night i was i was reminded of it um that the first time watching tv show that i ever really encountered some type of like lgbtq plus thing ever was watching the show good luck charlie on disney channel Mm. um I wasn't allowed to watch the last season because in the last season, um, they introduced a character or, uh, yeah, a character on the show that had, um, two moms. Mm. And so, um, my, my mom and dad made the decision to kind of shield that from me in the moment. And I had, mm. I had no idea why in the moment, um, I wasn't allowed to watch the last season of it, mm. but I mean, yeah, that just goes to show that even back when I was, you know, over a decade ago, mm. stuff was slowly, um, creeping into the the mainstream. So you're over here in the public school system and you have this culture that is saying, this is the way life is. But then over here in your home, in your church, it's saying, no, this is the way life is. How do you walk that path? Because one thing I do respect about you is that in your school, students who have varying opinions of you, there's still a level of mutual respect there. You're not belligerent you're not you're not how people like to paint christians up as so so how did how did you how have you managed basically living in both worlds um in, in a way that that honors christ and and doesn't just you know you become and i'm sure that you have examples of the christians who would you would call the hateful bigot christians mm. is that fair <laughs> yeah and then you have the other ones who have no convictions so how have you managed to walk that path man it's it's tough i mean ultimately you just have to go back to what the bible says i try to base the way i live my life and try to base my my views on different issues and my political views off of what the bible says um i mean yeah we can take the the lgbtq issue um 
the Bible is very clear that homosexuality is a sin, but the Bible is also very clear that we have to um, still love sinners that, you know, their sin is no different from mine for all of sin and fallen short, the glory of God. Um, it's definitely a, a line that can be tough to um, walk at times. And mm-hmm. to some degree, people can kind of walk on either side of it, the more hateful, mean side or the more, um, you know, accepting and encouraging side, which both have their, their faults. Um, but yeah, just going back to what the Bible says and just um, remaining in that truth. Uh, yeah. Well, broadening out of even like sexual identity issues, just as culture at large, has you being outspoken about your faith, has it ever put you in tension in school? Yeah, um, I take dual enrollment classes through USC Sumter, and I remember this one time I was taking a criminal justice class, and it was pretty much just like a politics class. We would talk about different political things, and um, I remember one time towards the end of the semester, we had to write a really big um, policy paper where we would pretty much like draft or create a, uh, a law and go through a whole process of researching it and you know, finding out would it be constitutional, and then at the very end, um, the class would we would pre- present it to the class, and the class would vote on it. And I did my paper on abortion. Um, the like I said, I try to base everything that I believe off of the Bible, and I think the Bible is very, very clear about abortion and that it is wrong. Um, and so I did a I did my paper on abortion, and there were obviously um, members of my class that uh, didn't agree with me at all, and were very um, outspoken about that and i mean not to say that they were trying to belittle me but to some degree yeah absolutely um and i didn't i didn't take that personally that's just how how society how society is these days and um again just there you have to say true to what you know to be true um when you were disagreeing did it ever did it ever turn into a personal attack from them yeah toward you yeah i would i would i would imagine i yeah. think that they're there are people that I can think of right now that um, aren't the biggest fans of me just because I'm outspoken about um, things that the Bible is very clear about. Now, whenever you're communicating to this, like, how would you say, what was your tact towards them? I presume not, you know, insulting. Right. Was it just, how did, how did you approach it? You just have to rely on the facts. Um, I've, I really like the, um, the saying by Ben Shapiro, facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah. Um, we live in a society where um, sometimes people say that truth isn't definitive, that truth can be subjective and can change according to the situation and the people. Um, or you hear things that, oh, but we've, you know, we've grown so much as a society and society is always changing. Um, but, you know, the, the Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun. The same issues that we're dealing with now are, uh, issues that the Israelites dealt with back in the Old Testament. So just really relying on the facts, the facts of the Bible, um, and just the facts of research that you can't, you know, change with your feelings. So I hear a lot of, you know, it's funny because I know people who would be listening to you right now who would say, listen to this poor young man who's been indoctrinated or <laughs> whatever, to which I would say you have by your parents mm. to the glory of God. I mean, I hear a lot of, you know, your your parents coming out of you. But I'm sure this was like a, a gradual, they didn't just dump all this in you at once. Like how did, how did they shape you down this path? You know, how, how did you get there? I think 
pretty much from just exposing me to a Christian environment from the very start. I mean, not, you know, shoving theology and Bible stories down my throat, but yeah, like you mentioned, my dad is, um, Pastor Danny's been my, my senior pastor all of my life, and my mom has been very active in the worship and women's ministry at church, and so just always being at church and being that environment around people that are kind and loving and um, just in an environment where uh, God is praised and where the truth is told without any doubt and any shame, um, just progressively getting older and just growing more in knowledge um, has helped. So when it comes to like the first time you come home and you tell your dad, hey, I heard this at school. How did he approach that? Was he did did he like set it straight right then, or did he say let's have a conversation? Where he's like that's bonkers. Like like when you bring home some of these contrarian worldview things, these that are total opposition. Like how did your mom and dad? How did how did that conversation go? Yeah, they just sat me down and were very straightforward with it and um, provided evidence in the Bible about why that's wrong and why that lifestyle and is wrong and what God has to say about it. So showing me um, why it's wrong. And then also mm. on the flip side, if that's wrong, then what's right? What's the, what's the correct way to yeah. live in that situation? I mean, I, cause I, I look at that and I'm like, you know, there's a lot of parents right now who are wondering, how do I do this? Mm. Because if you just tell your kids, Oh no, that's dumb. Well that you can make something forbidden fruit, right? Mm. I've seen that. You've probably seen that. Yeah. But it sounds like your dad said, "Listen, I'm going to invite you into this conversation. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this together." And I do think that's real important um, as you as you're navigating this because you have chosen to go to a Christian university, yeah. Which, as you know, I I went to Anderson too. So, yeah. congrats on go uh, Trojans, yeah, go Trojans. But uh, it's it's a totally different environment. Mm. And and one thing that I look forward for you is feeling like you can breathe. You know, I feel like a lot of times when I talk to students, it's like you have this spiritual, you hold your breath, not in the sense that you're not going to speak it, but it's like you're, you, you're on your guard because how many people have your views, you know, um, not as many as were even when I was in mm-hmm. high school. So, but I, I was, I was digging around online and I would never suppose you to speak for all Gen Z, obviously, because you differ from a <laughs> lot of them. Um, but I want to ask some questions, just some, some random hit at facts. Cause I okay. think parents would love to hear this. A lot of, we have a lot of parents listening right now. There's a, there's a good mix, um, like me who are millennials. Uh, I'm sure that Gen Z have opinions on millennials. <laughs> we know they have opinions on boomer cause, uh, Hey boomer is a thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, when, when, when Gen Z, I mean, well, first of all, when you talk about yourself, Gen Z, um, do y'all, do you, does that terminology come up a lot? Like what generation you're a part of? Is it something that's in your everyday language? I mean, maybe not in my everyday language, but definitely in the everyday language of um, people that are my age and other people that are in the... So they own that Gen Z power. I would say so. I think that they, they mainly use it as a way to kind of like divide themselves from like millennials mm. and boomers and uh, Generation X and all that stuff as a way to say like, hey, you know, like we see those people and we see what they think and what they believe, but we're different. We're the... We're the generation of progress, the generation of equality, of, um, yeah, just making, you know, making sure that everyone feels comfortable in who they are, who mm-hmm. they really are, who they want to be. So, so 
That's that's different because when I was in high school, I don't know if I ever had a conversation with my friends about, hi, we're the millennial generation <laughs> and we are going to really get those Xers and boomers. But but it seems like now that's that's an identity that Gen Z students wear with pride. And I see this on the whole the whole spectrum from the most progressive to the most conservative because there is a um there's a polarization even within your own generation is that mm-hmm. fair statement yeah absolutely like um which is which is another thing that's weird because you know um it used to be you didn't have to have a political opinion when you're in high school what percentage of your high school you think has a political opinion oh, man 75 probably 75 percent has a political opinion yeah i mean that other 25 percent are just the Kids that just go to school to go to school and don't care about anything and don't really think in a critical way. But, I mean, to some degree, you have to be um, kind of political at some point um, in this day and age. Stuff is just getting shoved down your throat. Like, you have to have a opinion on abortion. You have to have an opinion on, you know, LGBTQ and their rights and all that stuff. That's just a... A fact in these in this day that um is it used to be that you you know you can kind of go and seek out those issues yourself, but now those issues are kind of almost seeking you out. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Or so- at least, or at least, society pushes those issues onto you. Like, hey, like, what do you think of this issue? If you think this way, cool. Uh, if you think the other way, then you're horrible. You're a bigot. Mm. You're racist. You're whatever. So you think is it fair to say? parent if you're not having this conversation with your child the conversation is coming to your child absolutely 100%. yeah it's kind of like when we used to you know it's, it, it used to be the, like the sex talk right mm. oh if you don't tell your kids about sex they're gonna hear about the playground but now you're saying it's not just sex it's everything moral as well and yeah, yeah and everything so um well when 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 gen z when you think about your culture you know there, there seems to be a lot of pride in it mm. um when you think about millennials what what when Gen Z students when they talk about millennials, what what kind of things are said? Man, so millennials that's like like that's your like generation, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, I don't really have too much of an opinion or anything on all the different generations and stuff, but I would say that most likely my generation probably, like I said, sees you guys as you know old and um, old fashioned, uh, set in your ways, maybe. Um, unwilling to change as society changes mm. um which i don't really think that that's a a real concept honestly mm-hmm. um but yeah the you're the you and your generation just um you're just so mean and you just you only want to see stuff your way you don't want to selfish yeah you don't you don't want to think about all the the feelings of other people mm. well that's fair <laughs> yeah yeah um half the millennials are embarrassed of the other half and depending on which side you are, you are, because we're pretty polarized people. Um, but, you know, in, in our generation, uh, I grew up with Game Boy, the color. I at least had Game Boy color, okay? I had Pokemon Yellow was awesome. Then I had Nintendo 64. I got, I got the internet when I was 10. Oh, man. And we had to dial it up on the dial, on the phone. Um so the fastest way to communicate with somebody was over instant messenger. Are you, do you know what instant messenger is? Not, not really. No. You don't know what instant messenger is? AOL instant messenger. No, nothing. No. America Online instant messenger. Basically, it was your iPhone messages on your computer, and when your friends would come on, you'd hear a door open, <laughs> like they're walking in the room. 
you can click and you can just text and you people would stay up hours and hours mm. like 15 instant messages on their phone it's basically we used to text on the computer huh. that was about the most advanced thing we did because you couldn't really stream you couldn't stream video i i the first time i ever had internet that you didn't have to have it connect to something was my first day at college man um what you grow up in a totally different thing man how, how do you view the internet yeah well uh for the viewers listening for just context um i was born in 2004 so like if that gives you any context um i think maybe the first um thing with the internet that i really remember was um maybe my six uh when i turned six for my birthday i got an ipad um at six it was either six or seven something right, yeah, something yeah. along that line um and yeah, the internet, the internet and technology and all that stuff has kind of always been a part of my life. Um, I remember getting a DS when I was some somewhere around that age. Maybe you want to explain to some people what a DS is? Oh, man, it's like a portable mobile. Um, it's an upgraded gaming, Game Boy. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's like an upgraded Game Boy that's yeah. maybe cooler. Yeah, um, more um, up to up to par with the. The generation, because you know, no offense to you, Delmar, but the Game Boy looks a little outdated at times. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Moving on. <clears throat> I don't want to talk about my age right now. Okay, but seriously, um, you when I when I do you have Instagram? Oh yeah. Facebook? Yeah. Uh, no, not Facebook. No Facebook. No. All right. Do are, are a lot of do a lot of people just not use Facebook anymore? Honestly, I feel like that's probably uh. An older people thing, Ooh. like yeah. Sorry, I don't. I, I was trying to think of another another word to use there, but you know, that's more of a maybe a millennial um, social media. But yeah, I think the for Gen Z and for me at least, the the big um, social medias are Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. I don't have TikTok, but um, it's is Twitter a thing? I feel like it is, but again, I feel like that's kind of passed a bit. Maybe mm. I have Twitter just because I used it. To, um, for recruiting for football, yeah, but um, I feel like probably the the main um, percentage of Gen Z and people my age don't really use Twitter too much. But TikTok is the the main really really big thing. So if that's you come could only keep one app, what would it be? Well, like one social one media. social media app. Oh man, that's tough. I would. I'm I'm debating between Snapchat or Instagram. Um. I'm I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but Snapchat's probably the the main way I communicate with people my age. Really, more than text? Oh yeah, absolutely. Really, hundred percent. And it, and it all deletes, right? Yeah. Yeah. It does. That's yeah. It's the way you know you put it like that, and it it's embarrassing, and it's foreign to you and many of the other people listening to this. But that's just that's the thing. That's what that's what my generation does to communicate with people. Well, it's it's interesting because. You know, I remember when Snapchat first came out. Literally, the first thing that came to my mind is students can send anything they want mm. and it never be traced. I mean, is is that a, is that a contributing factor of Snapchat, or is it more or less no? Just everybody has it. Right. Um, it's it's probably a mixture of both. Um, that um, yeah, I mean, to some degree, it can't really be traced, so people can use it for you know bad things but um it is also just kind of like the the popular thing yeah. that everyone has so snapchat is entertainment what, what okay what else is entertainment like for for you know in your culture here in in the south sumter like 
What is, what are your friends? What are your people at school? What do they do for fun? Man, uh, people at school, a uh, percentage of them, they'll go uh, hunting or fishing or uh, four wheel riding or any of that stuff. I mean, I, I wasn't raised in the South and wasn't raised in the country. So I've never actually, never been fishing, never um, Hold been up, hunting. Never been fishing? I have not. Wow. I'm a, I'm a northern boy. I'm a Connecticut boy. Connecticut. Ugh. All right. Uh, well, uh, now, is the food in Connecticut good, though? I guess so, yeah. Because, I mean, sure. the South, man. We uh, got... No, it's, it's nothing compared to the South. Trust say, me. Um, it's good being down here for that. Um, I'm working on becoming a, a fine, young uh, <laughs> Southern gentleman and enjoying the food and the well, culture. Anderson will help with that. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's another one I got. Uh, when, when you're talking about social media, because, I mean, it seems like in a lot of ways, it's an extension of who you are these days. Mm. It's not just, oh, that's something I do. It's what is your Snapchat? Like that's part of who you are. So how do you, how do you work at balancing your online and on offline activities? Is there a balance or you, or does a Gen Z student a lot of time, they just consider themselves connected? I mean, it's, it's tough. I think that social media really is just kind of almost like a highlight reel for people's lives that um, you have to really be honest with yourself and um, realize that people aren't going to put everything that happens in their lives on mm-hmm. social media. They're not going to put all the bad stuff that happens, all the lowlights. They're only going to put the, the highlights, the stuff that makes them seem like the most cool, intelligent, uh, adventurous person yeah, ever. Yeah, man, them filters are real. Oh, man. Do you use filters? Don't lie. No, honestly, no. You when use I was, filters? Man, when I was younger, when I was, I'll say younger, like two or three years ago, like my freshman and sophomore year, yeah, I guess I would I would use filters once in a while. Um, like the funny filters, not anything they try to make now, themselves Now, do the girls look. use the filters? Yeah, I would say so, probably. I, I think it, it varies probably, but um, I know some people that almost like exclusively every time that I talk to them on Snapchat, they're using some type of filter or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it, it is is definitely um, there's there, there's an idea that you know that that older generation think is this younger generation doesn't know it's real anymore because everything's mm-hmm. filtered. It's just like when y'all say, "Oh, they're old," no, they don't know things. The older generation says, "Well, they're young and they don't even believe in reality anymore." And mm-hmm. there's probably a little bit of truth in all of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I will say one thing that I was looking up some some stats on. Gen Z, and one of the things that it noted was that they are particularly like really caught up on current events. Mm. Um, it used to be, man, I didn't, I didn't watch the news, you know, but but it does, and I mean, even me and you talking, sometimes you'll you'll tell me about something. I'm like, oh, I feel like I should have known that first. Like, how do you how do you stay up on everything? Because everything's moving so fast. How does a how does a, a teenager stay up on it? Yeah, I mean, honestly, probably just through, at least for me, social media. Instagram is kind of what keeps me updated on stuff. But also, just to some degree, um, how society is these days with um, my generation being so caught up with politics and social justice and all that stuff that as soon as something happens where someone is slightly wronged or slightly offended the the cancel culture mob comes out and makes it known to many people um but on the flip side there's certain stuff that isn't really um put out into the mainstream media because it doesn't fit the narrative Mm. um 
that's the thing. Nowadays, the mainstream media can just can just kind of choose and pick what um what they want to put out and what they really want to publicize, and that's the same thing with how um my generation is with um, promoting stuff and being outraged and having opinions on stuff. Are they aware that it's a selective news cycle? I don't or? think so. I think that um at least for, I try to I try to see what's actually actually happening and. Mm. You know, research more stuff than just what you know. Uh, an article title says. Um, try to get information for myself and actually know what's truth and just being told what is truth. Um, so no, honestly, I think to some degree, my generation is just so um, just so focused on listening to what they hear immediately and then not doing any further research to find out what exactly went down. Mm. So how how does a parent step into this from from your perspective? What's how does a parent guide their child in in this? Just raising them to believe in the truth, to believe in the Bible that um that truth is definitive and that um you know the the values that we have aren't old fashioned and aren't you know bigoted or anything like that. Um, society tries to tell you that Christian values and traditional gender roles and traditional just values are you know outdated and mean and mm. um harmful but they aren't they're what keeps a family together and just promote someone to live the best life that they can through christ well, well let me ask you this in light of that then because you know for for us older folk dang i just referred to myself mm. as an older folk you, that's your fault man that's your fault. I'll take the blame on that one. I'm 36. Yeah. Okay, I'm. Don't quit. Don't. I'm not even in my 40s yet. 36. I, so I'm 18. So you're twice my age. I, I didn't mean to make you seem old there, All but right, I just on. that just popped in my oh, mind. Wow. Well, if Robert and April are live are, are, are they, they're they're that much older than me, so I'll mm. I'll relay the message. But <laughs> no, but okay. All right, but seriously though, um, when because this conversation. Just talking to you, I've heard like gender come up several times. I've heard social justice come up several times. I've heard abortion come up several times. Um, these are these are conversations that are obviously popular in the public square right now. Do these concepts are they ever present in Gen Z or like 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 how how prevalent is this converse is the conversation about abortion and about gender and about like is it is it that present? I mean, I think to some degree it is definitely with um like at school is it just that pronounced? Yeah, with gender uh, with gender identity and all that stuff. Like I said, you know, there'll be kids that um that wear uh, pride flags and other sexual orientation flags around their necks at school, walking in the, walking in the hallways or walking in um, in classrooms. I remember one time it was like, I don't know what it was. It was one of those days where it was like National Day of Pride or something. Right. You would see different kids, you know, having um, little uh, like pride flags on like uh, – chopsticks just mm. walking around the school like people handing them out um i mean if you told if you told that to someone 10 15 years ago they wouldn't have believed you does the average parent know you think how much these um op- opposition worldview ideologies are in front of their child's face a day not at all i mean 
uh, you hear stories of the school curriculum being mm-hmm. geared towards uh, critical race theory and other um, things, whether it's about race or gender or any of that stuff, that's really just indoctrinating children from a very, very young age um, about these things and kind of pushing them towards this uh, woke ideology and to believe these things instead of the parents. Well, can I ask you this then? Like, have you, you know, we're, we're in the South. We often get, you know, touted as, oh, they're more conservative in the South, which whatever the education system still is not necessarily um, more so than other parts of the country. Of course, have you not from your peers, but from others, have you felt that what you just refer to indoctrination in school? Um, maybe not directly on myself, but I've definitely seen, um, teachers that kind of maybe try to push that, um, those ideologies on students. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a senior now and so I'm kind of towards the end of my grade school experience. And so I'm kind of fortunate that, um, I'm not a little bit younger and I'm not really in the, um, in the middle and midst of the stuff that's going on with the curriculum that's kind of changing but um yeah I've, I've definitely seen teachers kind of trying to push their their views on students mm. do have you watched students push back or is it mostly just received or how's that translated in the classroom from your experience it's it's a mixture of both i mean there's obviously the you know once in a while the student that'll uh stand up for what they believe whether you know most times it's someone that's christian or at least has you know some type of values like that but then there's also people that just accept it as truth and don't really care to go Mm. into detail on them on on their own and find out is it actually true Mm. and that's a really big thing that um that we all can do i mean same thing with with the bible i mean people that are false teachers and just you know from the pulpit preach things um as christians it's our our duty to actually go into the scripture ourselves and find out if um, what was just taught is actually Mm -hmm. true, is actually biblical. Yeah. So like in regards to teaching truth and being received, what do you think is you, you live in a, it's a small town. It's not the smallest town. You've seen churches operate all over the place. Um, What do you think is if a church was going to say, we want to reach Gen Z in an authentic way, it's not for you know just to like make it not in numbers like what would be your advice that you would give to anyone listening who may go to church maybe they don't have a student ministry maybe they're just a church just trying to like how do we interact with these younger people like how how would you suggest churches should respond to the culture you live in to reach your generation yeah actually it's kind of funny that you mentioned that right now in my um college English class I'm writing a paper about um why young people leave the church after high school and um what I've kind of come to realize through research is that um I think really a great way to keep the young people and my generation in church is just by investing them from a young age um whether that's you know teaching them good true theology and where it comes from in the bible um whether that is um kind of giving them that sense of family that um, that the church can offer and that the church should offer, um, just investing in them from a young age. People are more prone to come to the church if there's uh, adults at the 
church that know them that genuinely care about their well-being. So it's it's a tough thing. I think that most importantly, without uh, just us as a a church body and the the big C church, just need to be praying that um, that God would do something through this generation. I mean, we've talked about kind of the the bad side of Gen Z, but Gen Z also has some good sides that um, we're passionate about things. We're not always passionate about the best things, but we're we're passionate. So, um, I mean, I've seen in my own life that God can just change people and just make them a complete one, you know, 180 flip. You look at Paul in the Bible, um, you know, went from Saul perse- uh, persecuting Christians to then just being absolutely on fire for, uh, for the mission of Jesus. Um, so just really just be praying that God would do something through Gen Z and it would just create a big, a big movement. I mean, you look at what happens, um, with the, uh, the revival of the revival at that Christian, uh, college. I mean, that's a, it's a beautiful thing. That's, it started with people that are my age or a tiny bit older than me. Um, I mean, that's amazing to see. It's a beautiful, encouraging thing. So just pray that God would continue to be working, um, working in these colleges, working in these schools that, um, that more people and more people my age would come to know Jesus. Well, I will say that, uh, in a lot of ways, there's, there, there's a lot of people holding out for Gen Z in a Mm. good way. You know, we've, we've been told that Gen Z, they do like to, um, own what they believe, put action to what they believe. Uh, they seem to reject some of them uh, are rejecting, the uh, the 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 worst parts of m- what millennials are, and I think there's some encouragement in that. Uh, you are passionate. I think uh, your 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 meme game is strong, though it's sometimes hard to understand. I feel like we we created this thing, the olders, and then y'all are like, we're gonna run with it though. Mm. And and uh, and I'll say that your dark humor is. Your dark humor is a thing, man. I, yeah. I, sometimes y'all send me stuff. I'm like, "Whoa, that's dark." But uh, is is there? So when you when you, I think it's a real interesting conversation about humor because a lot of well, you can tell a culture by what they poke fun at, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, what's the humor of of your peers like? What what do you joke around about? Man, I mean. At least for me, sometimes I joke around with just the the absurdity and craziness of of my peers of my generation about how they think things that are just absolutely incorrect and just absolutely wrong. Um, but I think also nowadays you got to be careful with that stuff. Mm. People are getting more and more sensitive with that, and you know the you know how the the cancel culture is. Mm-hmm. You say some something that you mean in a harmless, joking way, and cancel culture comes in and <laughs> ruins you. Yeah, it's just, you used to could tell a joke, and when you told the joke, if it was offensive, a few people who heard it are going to be offended, and then they go off and you never hear it again. Mm-hmm. But now, you tell a joke, you share something, you text something, if it's a little off kilter and you didn't think it through, how long is that going to follow you? Oh, man. The rest of your life. I mean, you see nowadays celebrities getting in trouble for stuff they said back in back in the nineteen nineties, the nineteen eighties. I mean yeah. crazy. It's wild. It's wild. And and I don't envy it, but I will say that I think um I think I think this has been helpful and a, a couple things that I would hope some parents may glean from here is that uh you know, Gen Z, they they are trying y'all are trying to figure it out. 
Y'all are trying mm. to say what is real in this world. And um and I think sometimes we we mistake passion for rea- for truth, you know. Mm. And I and we have a big responsibility and just what I've seen on your end is the relationship you have with your dad. Cause because one of the reasons I want to have this conversation is just so people can hear your heart, hear where you're at. To, I think it will encourage some people, but also because I do believe that part of what you are is what Christ has done in you, right? Mm-hmm. Through through saving you. But I think a lot another part of who you are is is because of the intentionality that your parents put into raising you. And yeah. I mean, even this week coming, y'all are cutting loose and going on a cruise, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've never been on a cruise. I've not. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good. Yes. Looking forward to all the all the food I can imagine, all the food I can eat. So. Room service is okay, but that molten lava cake thing mm. that you're gonna get, yes. Okay. I'll I'll make sure that uh, the first t- at the first opportunity I can I'll I'll eat it and I'll take a picture of it before I eat it and then after yes. and send it to you. And if you don't like it, I'm gonna be like something's off. You need to try it again. Just to make sure you got uh-huh. a good one, because it's very good. Yeah. But anyways, man, it's it's been really good having you on here. Yeah, I absolutely. think uh, love to maybe have you back. It'd be fun to have you and your dad in here. Let y'all spar a little. <laughs> oh man. I'd love yeah. to hear his opinion on what it was like, because uh, I'm sure growing up, y'all, uh, y'all, you know, guys growing up button heads a little bit, but yeah. it, y'all figured it out. So yeah, definitely. That's been good. So, all right, man. Well, uh, this has been Judah. I'm Delmar. And this is Living in Harmony, and no matter where you are or what you're doing, I hope you're having a great time doing it. Have a great week.